Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for June 20th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Welch from HockeyHeads.com. Today we will be talking about all things expansion draft, the lists, uh, bad protection, good protection. Uh, There's just so much to talk about with it and we're going to try our best to get through all of it. We're going to touch on the Jonathan Druin trade and the Shane Doan situation. Uh, we're probably we're going to start with uh, the trade and the Doan stuff. That probably get that out of the way first, and then we're going to dive deep into uh, all the Las Vegas stuff that's going to come to a head, I believe, tomorrow. Uh, intermittently amongst all of the um, award night, apparently. And is that tomorrow? Makes I can't no sense. remember. It's mixed in. As far as I can tell, it's mixed in. They announced their team in between the awards being announced. Yeah. Really great move, as always, by the NHL. Like, come on, man. That's like two different TV events. It's like, why national into one? Okay, so my brother is actually a Vegas season ticket holder. He lives there, and he bought season tickets. Oh, how cool is that? Yeah, he's, he's excited. And... He's like, do I go to this stupid awards ceremony? I, I want to do the, the 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 expansion draft. And he's like, I don't want to sit through that bullshit. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. Why would you? So it's like you have people there that want to be a part of it, and they're just like, eh. And he's I mean, not, it's, it's he's a, not a, a desert great kid. He's a Western New York, grew up playing hockey person. Mm, and he's moronic. like, eh, why wouldn't you get there and, and have a big event where all your season ticket holders could lob in and be there for you for the day when you announce your team? It's just silly. So, yeah, there's that. But we're going to start, I think, with Druin. Well, he was always leaving, wasn't he? Yeah, this has been going on for a long time uh, from dicking around with him. And that, that whole AHL stuff that was very weird and not necessary. They just, for whatever reason, viewed him as a player they didn't want to give his next contract to. And now that it's time to pony up, they got rid of him. And they've probably done okay out of it. They've got a puck-moving defenseman who's on the cheap, so... They've done well to get something back for a player they didn't want and didn't have to fork out that contract for him. Yeah, and I think the underrated part of this deal for Tampa is by getting Sergachev, the defense prospect, they don't have to protect him. They did have to protect Druin, so they get to they got to have an extra spot. They got a freebie. They got a uh, freebie technically. And quite frankly, their defense, some of it's getting older and not very good. And they're going to gamble on, um, I think you said before the podcast, that a number nine overall pick defenseman. And you, you and I have stated many a time on this podcast that if you can get high-end talent in while it's on the cheap, it makes it a hell of a lot easier to do something well. Yep. And they got rid of Who's Bishop. Who's the second highest paid forward now? Who's that? Jesus. Druin? Druin is 5.5. He is their second highest space Is Placanic more than him? He, yeah, he's getting paid <laughs> more than Pacioretty. Yeah, well, the Pacioretty deal is... Uh, 
running out of time though i think it is and see montreal's doubling down with getting rid of all their young defensemen and quite frankly bergevin is totally screwed up their window for competing they had Petretti and Price on just sweetheart deals. They had Subban. Yeah, they were paying him a lot, but he was great. They've totally ruined what was this youngish, okay core and put all their chips in the table to get worse. Like, yeah, they going on defense? it's really weird. I get them. I get them doubling down, but they've gone the wrong way. I, I totally agree. I understand why they. You know, threw everything on the on the table, but how are these defensemen going to get the puck to these forwards? You know, they're they're not. Like I thought, Weber had a pretty okay year last year, but that's the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he might not get worse next year, but he won't get better. And if he does, you know. We don't predict it, but if he doesn't get, if he does get better, it's not going to be like by multiple standard deviations. You it's not going to be for the next three years. Sort of, yeah. So no. Okay. Actually, speaking of of what the hell they're doing, are they going to screw over Gal Gal as well? They don't seem to view him as a center on a team that really has no center depth. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, they moved out problem child one. Are they going to move out problem child two? Which neither were really problem child, so problem no, children. But, I mean, it's <laughs> it's one of those things with, with Jonathan Drew, and at least he is French-Canadian. <laughs> sort of, is he? No, he played in uh, the queue. Yeah, I'm just being a dick. Yeah, saint degas de I don't know where the hell that is. It sounds French. Maybe you're right. Yeah, he's in Quebec. All right, good for you. You're right. Um, I don't know. I, it's, like, I have right no problem it. with well, acquiring Druin and Sergachev. No. It seems like a fair... Like, you're not, quote-unquote, losing the trade. It's just, you really, after trading Bayou and Sergachev, I mean, that those were your young... you pretty much going... Shea Weber, Petrie, Emelin, Ben, and if you bring back Markov, that's that's an aging defense core. Yeah, and you're praying that they don't one of them doesn't fall apart because there's no depth there. At least with Sergachev in the system, you could go. Let's give him a crack, see if he can make it. If he can't, well, you know, and then you you, you look for for cheap AHL depth or you know a player that's that's not being utilized properly on another roster. But this team doesn't seem to view players in, in that manner at all. I think I heard they're not going to tender a sheet to Nesterov. That kind of makes sense to me. I think he kind of fell away towards the end of last season and um, didn't look particularly fantastic uh, handling the puck. So but That's a, uh, an aging defense core. And I don't know how they're going to alleviate that concern because young defensemen are not exactly ones that can play for what, if they believe they're a Stanley Cup contender. But these moves, they all scream of a win-now approach. How are you supposed to 
replenish that. Hey, look, just take the Pittsburgh model. Just don't have a good defensive core and just have great forwards. Um, well, problem. Do you see a Crosby? <laughs> do you see a Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel on that forward group? I do not. You know, they're scraping to get a Gensel. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They are, and I mean that's the. I, I shouldn't the, say. No offense to Petrotti, that he's he's very he's excellent. I shouldn't say that. But what if they lose Radulov? Well, like he was a great, yeah, um, fit with them last year. I thought. Yep, he's extremely possible that that happens. So they do get a second round pick if Sergachev plays forty games for the Lightning, but I could see Steve Eiserman uh, playing him thirty nine tonight. Yeah. Give up that pick. No, yeah, I thought Eisenman um, clearly didn't want Druin, and I think he gambled well with the return. A high-end defense prospect. Uh, he's trying to solve his aging defense, and I think Sergachev could be part of that. So I, I, I see it from both sides. The trade itself is not bad for Montreal. It's just Montreal's whole, no, whole plan is complete dog shit. Yeah, that doesn't help the cause. It doesn't seem to be a, a sort of a thought process or a plan through it, does there? And they're going to double down or triple down and, and, and sign Carey Price to eight years, a huge amount of money. He's already 30. He'll be 31 when the contract starts. They should be looking to trade him and cashing in on yeah. assets, in my opinion, because Carey Price is not going to be good enough to carry this roster. And Carey Price is excellent. Yeah, well, he, he looks like he's about to run into the Henry Conquest problem. It's tough the way that his, I don't know what Carey Price's last deal was, but the fact that they have him coming up for huge money at 31 is, is rough. It is. Because you're between a rock and a hard place. You don't want to lose him. Like, he still has great years left in them a few at least i think but you're gonna pay for those two yeah. or three and then just pay a premium for average or slightly above average as he ages because i'm not gonna rule out that he can extend his career later into because um, he could be a generational caliber goalie if he continues to, to play well but it's tough yeah. you don't want to gamble on that at that position i don't think no, 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 you're, you're exactly right. You, you certainly don't. But what are you going to do? Like, he's the face of the franchise. I mean, they do get moved, but it's not that often. And he's a goalie. Like, he go, their, their entire success is predicated around him being great. That's the reality here. And if he's not, then... Terrible model. Yeah. You can't build around... Look, New York got to a cup final building around Lundqvist, but it just... yeah. Pittsburgh invested in their goalies this year. Uh, in hindsight, it worked out great. Both guys played well. They also had the top four scorers, and I don't see how Montreal would ever have that in a playoff run. No, no. And, and that's sort of where the, the aging defense becomes a problem, isn't it? I think so. So do you have anything else to add on that? 
no, not on that one. Um, not at all. Did Calgary make the right goaltending choice? No. I didn't think so either. I think there's no need to go old and expensive when look how many options are out. Like Steve Mason would have been a good option. I just yeah, it doesn't. I don't get it. Why? Who else? There's another UFA goalie that like Ryan Miller. But he's aging. If you're going to get there and say that about Mike Smith, you can say the same thing about about Miller. I I agree. I'm just throwing out like what? no, no, no. It's it's one of those things you can throw out the name, and you you're exactly right on that. The contract. It it plays into kind of Pittsburgh's situation that it seems to be a foregone conclusion that Vegas is taking Flurry. I do agree. We're going to talk a little bit about that later. I don't want to spoil that, but <laughs> put it this way. Calgary off the table, if certain other things were to happen, make Pittsburgh kind of in a little bit of a pinch. So we'll discuss that in a little bit. Uh, Brian Elliott didn't have a good playoff series, but quite frankly, I still view him in a much higher regard than Mike Smith. They were never going to go back to nope, him because of what happened right. in the playoffs. That's, that's the problem. I agree with your point on Elliott, but... It just, yeah, they, they, there's no one how that team would trust him back there, and, and that can happen sometimes. You just get burnt. So I thought that was... Calgary's got some cool pieces, but they just continue to kind of their... They were progressive with choices. They could really uh, be in a win now more than they are. Treleving comes from that old-school... Thought process, and he's got Brian Burke looking over his shoulder, helping him out. It, it, it just feels like they're reluctant to move forward. And the quotes about Mike Smith are all intangible related that he competes. Like, yeah. What, what fucking goalie doesn't try to stop the puck? Like, uh, well, you know. I saw some great tweets about if a, if somebody is, is only talking about intangibles, you know it's a bad trade. Oh, that was pretty. Oh, that was pretty apt, actually, for this particular trade. So I don't have much more to, uh, to add on that, other than goalies being voodoo. Yeah, I'm, or, or GMs just continue to not understand that there's a huge number of them in the middle, very few up at top, very few at the bottom, and they overpay for middle all the time. And you can't even say that it's related to the general managers not playing the position because Garth Snow has no idea how to evaluate goalies and what their worth is in regards to where they stack up at the very, very top, the very, very bottom, and that massive, massive amount that is sitting in the middle. So somebody can make a truckload of money once they can work that out. Yeah, I think uh, Tampa has. They have a... uh... Vasilevsky, and they just signed Budai pretty cheap. Their their goaltending the next two years will cost them around four and a half mil. And they need as many dollars as they but, can. To but they got it now. And, and they got yes, rid of Ben Bishop. They made the proper choice there. So some teams are starting to get it. Uh, Pittsburgh moving on from Flurry. They have a lot of cap space. They could go Murray Flurry again, but they know that it's just way too much money. 
And, and they do have, unlike last year, they do have roster choices that have to be made now. Yeah, last last year was, uh, oh, Ben Lovejoy's gone. Okay, good luck. And we're, we'll come back with pretty much the same roster. Whereas this year, yeah, there's there's no way around. Uh, there's as many as eight guys that could be different next year that I yep. counted. So um, It's almost 60% of the roster. Jesus. Shane Doan told the pack of shit you're out of can the he desert. just can he just leave like the pack of shit dirty ass motherfucker he is and oh. just go <laughs> um probably not somebody will sign him can we make sure that it's not the flightless birds that do that i can see a path to to that signing though from the well, toughness talk saying, before yes that exactly that Fourth line role. I, I'm telling you, don't don't rule out that. Don't do it, Mr. Rutherford. <laughs> oh, you're a panel operator. Um, I just I don't I I'm glad that, that they made him walk. The the club has to move into the into that direction anyway. Um, all those knobheads in the TV networks that are saying he got treated poorly, go take a hike. That's just garbage. They sat him down and told him that he, was, he wasn't required. Yeah, it's they not like a text or a tweet. That, that like no. They had a face-to-face meeting. They said, you're 40 years old. We're trying to get younger. Thank you for your service. You'll have a job in this organization when you're done. Yeah, like, they did. He scored six yeah. goals last year. He wasn't productive, particularly when he played top six minutes. Like That's the... That's the thing that it, it's not like they dropped him down to play third and fourth line minutes and he produced six goals in a limited He's role. Yager. He, There's a time where you're like, all right, we're good here. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't get it. He's you a know. dirty player and he's also made disparaging comments, I believe, in the past that, you know, a lot of, some, some in mainstream media gloss over the dirty hits and in, in his comments he's made to certain players over the course of his career and just paint him as some kind of bastion of hope for the desert and he's a good soldier and you know my my um selfishly my my view of him is that letang hit yeah but the thing is for for arizona he has been a good soldier there's no doubt about that and he does great work in the community there and all that sort of stuff but it doesn't take away from the fact that he is a win-at-all-costs guy and will take dirty runs at your players, much like Matt Cook did. Um, and Matt Cook uh, rightfully got run out of the league for the garbage he did uh, throughout the career. Probably didn't happen early enough, but it, the, just the dirty shit that he has done throughout the year, well, throughout his career, is just, um, yeah, just leave. I'm done. <laughs> There'll be interest. I do think there'll be interest. And uh, you're right. Exactly right. For the betterment of the league, they shouldn't bring him on board. The league is better without him in it now because he won't be able to keep up with whatever team takes him on, and all he'll be able to do is injure other players. He's fundamental. His points per sixty was like one point two five last year, and I know Arizona sucks, but like that's that's really low. And he's not getting any faster, so. Yeah. 
So bye bye. But yes, the fear there is a fear in me that just says, let's bring him on, put him in a fourth line role. We need him to protect our stars. And I don't want him protecting our stars in that manner. Related back to the Latang hit, you just shouldn't have him on the roster. I'm telling you, there's a path there. Oh, God, yeah. You're right on the money there. So, I don't have much more to add on that than, you know, how can you fault Arizona? They sat him down. They said, and he's like 10 minutes in, I... He left or something. Like, what, what do you Yeah, want? so if he if he left, why is that on the franchise? Sorry, 40-year-old six-goal guy. Like, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why. Like, Copper Heidi, for that, it's just, let's just bash the, it's just Canada bashing the, if you have a look at everybody that, that cried foul, it's everybody in Canada just bashing that franchise again. Surprise, surprise. All right, let's dive into the fun stuff. Where where the hell do we begin? Why is Sammy Vatnin exposed? Is there a side deal on board here? Yes, yes, there are so many side deals. And I wrote a blog the other day where I just picked from the players that were exposed because how the hell am I supposed, or anybody, supposed to know how many... Don't Side you work? Don't there. you write on an insider's website? Shouldn't you know this stuff by now? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's clearly oh, no, no. there is clearly a deal there with Anaheim not wanting Vatnin or Manson to be taken, but I think you read some things that say the deal is Vatnin gets taken. Like, that's a high price to pay. There, there was Can a I... high price to pay regardless. So you're going to expose Vatnin but Cause protect... Because of Kevin Bieksa. What about the, the Met thingy-jiggy-jiggy, though? The what? Why are they protecting Antoine Vermette? Uh, I don't... Did they go 7-3? and three? Yeah. Like I just, I just because can't. when you get to that, it's not so much protecting Vermette over Vatnin. It's we don't want to lose Silverberg and uh, who's that other forward that they were. Why am I drawing a blank here? Raquel or Cogliano? Because they're the other ones that they. Yeah, it, they were. They would lose Raquel or Silverberg, and that would be bad. So they they decided we're going to do the Raquel Silverberg Cogliano thing. And then they added Vermette as the last one. And honestly, if you look down the list, there's not much there as far as forward protection goes. Then no, it's have... just the two defensemen, yeah. So they valued the Silverberg-Raquel thing, which is fine, but the no-movement clause to BX is just clobbering yeah. them. You know... You know what I do find interesting about this is that the thing that sucks is that this event isn't going to come around again in quite some time. It's not going to stop people from throwing out no movement clauses left, right, and center. General managers are still going to throw them out there as a bargaining chip, even though they get totally screwed over in situations like Because, you know, Ottawa's in the same spot with, with Fanouf saying, no, I'm not going to 
wave mine. So and and it's he doesn't have to. And if he gets criticized no. for that, that's wrong. No, it's the thing. I'm, I'm not saying BX should have. It's just it's one of those situations where you go, you gave him the deal or you traded for him knowing that was there. There's nothing, you know, it's not up to the player. Would you take Patrick Eves from Anaheim if you were? No. Would you take no, it? no. With what they have out there? Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm forgetting that those other players are there. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a UFA anyways. Yeah, and true. I don't want to give him his next contract coming off 30 goals. I've loved him as a depth player, but the 30-goal thing is going to push that value way past where I think it should be. That's my prediction, yeah, at least. Yeah. So you got side deals like this one. Who knows what, what happens there, but um, what what were some of the, the teams that you thought you looked at their list and you're like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on here? Um, probably, well, Florida was probably one that I went, what the hell's going on here because of Marcia shot. I would have thought they'd have protected him. Yeah. Did and we, let, Okay, let, so here's where they went wrong. Not wrong, and I could I could see maybe an argument for the, the four and four, but not a strong one, if Jason Demers was the thing and not some... From my understanding of this Alex Petrovich character, he's just kind of a muscle player not yeah, very so, puck skilled savvy so what happened to this franchise that looked like it was all in on skill and speed and numbers and all of a sudden well they hired the old guy back that couldn't send a fax correctly uh, I, I just um, I'm lost with the direction of that franchise they don't have it's one they flip cause... back and forth between wanting to be the fancy cats or just some disheveled, terrible-looking cat from some alley. <laughs> they, a stray cat. Okay, that's an easier way of putting it. They're, they're either the fancy cats or the stray cats, and right now they're the stray cats. Uh, I just... Yeah, I, I'm just a little... I've got no idea what the hell is going on there. Um, but that, that comes around again, and you, you get there and go, okay, so what other weird ones are there? What the hell is St. Louis doing? Well, I'm not done with Florida. <laughs> oh, okay. Jesus Christ. All right. What's going on now? Well, I just wanted to say that the Marchesol thing was clearly an analytical signing. He had good underlying yeah. numbers in Tampa Bay, and they took a chance on him, and he scored 30 goals. He made 750000 Yeah, he's going to get a raise, but you need to build up players like offensive players like that. There's no need to leave him exposed. And I would consider taking him if I were Vegas. Because when I did my draft, I found that goal-scoring forwards were not growing on trees. And nor should they. They shouldn't be left hanging, really. So I thought that was interesting. So, yeah. It... I just don't know how you go four and four and leave Jason Demers exposed and Alex Petrovich is one of your picks and we will get to St. Louis, but I think this transitions to what the hell are the Islanders doing? I never even considered a three, five approach and one of those five defensemen isn't even Dahan. Yeah, I know. Like, 
it's, it's just it's uh, I don't Gar Snow is just the total wild card. <laughs> he he's made some terrible moves. He's he's had a few that have been good. Yeah, this is one of those things though where the the moves that you sit there and say they were good moves, they fell into his lap, the Letty in the Seidenberg deals. So they were almost like home runs without having to do anything. After that, tell me something else that he's done that's been good. I guess Tavares at five point five tricking him into that was good. Yeah, but so he's I mean, traded away. Nino need a rider for Cal Clutterbuck. He tried to trade his whole draft for Ryan Murray, but the Blue Jackets foolishly told him no. Yeah. I just it's just yeah, it's one of those things where that one was was more than a little baffling in regards to just a complete line of players. It's just like what the hell? I mean you think about it, they had to protect Andrew Ladd because of his no trade clause. Otherwise, what would they have could they have gone? What is it? One, two, three, four, five. Could they have gone six and two? Just baffling. I just I don't understand. Yeah, they're weird. They're clearly a lot of chatter about making a trade with Vegas with I've heard Grabowski and Kuhleman's name, so they're probably gonna lose a first round pick based on whatever their setup, what what they were doing, but strange. Strange, oh, okay. strange list. Um, so St. Louis, I, I know where you're going to go with this. Well, how can I not? I just, what's what's wrong with what's wrong with trying to protect Yashkin or or Yuri Latera as opposed to Ryan Reeves? Well, what what, what would the team do without that glue? What what he must have some really sticky glue in that room. I don't really want to know where he gets it from. I um I don't know. I don't have an answer for you with that. I'd be looking at Peron or Nail Yakupov if I'm Vegas, yeah. Vegas and I would never even give a thought or consideration to Ryan Reeves. No. I think I took Nail. I think Nail's the cut proper. Uh, take a gamble in the old Las Vegas uh, situation. See if he can figure it out there. Yep, totally agree. I, I couldn't see a reason to to sort of... Yeah, I'm just... Sorry, I'm still just dumbfounded by that. Any good lists? <sighs> Actually, the Sharks are kind of screwed a little. Two of the guys that they... like Not that Marlowe or Thornton are going to get picked up, right? But it's more the fact that... You said it was... I don't, was it last podcast? That San Jose window is gone. Like, they're in trouble. I, I think so. Apparently, Thornton's still working out at the facility, so I don't know if he actually will be... If he'll go, yeah. I um. He I don't loves know if he'll it. Hit the market. 
everybody always says he loves it over on the West Coast, loves the lifestyle, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, maybe it does keep him away from going to Pittsburgh. But it makes sense to not protect. Okay, Las Vegas, try and convince him. He's either, yeah. if he's leaving San Jose, he's chasing a cup. Yep. Um, oh, you, just, you look at that San Jose protected list and you go, three years ago, that would have been the who's who of awesome. And now it's like, oh, well. I like how they're putting Michael Bodker out there um, trying to bait Vegas into taking him. But my boy Paul uh, Martin's out there. I would I would scoop him up even though he's on the decline. Cross your fingers if you that Mikhail Bodiker vodka deal was a bad one. Yeah, that was an easily predictable thing though. Looks the oh. part, but doesn't generate enough at even strength offensively to justify it. And where's his power play time coming from with Pavelski, Couture, Marlowe, Thornton? Well, he he may Hurdle. get some. If those guys leave, he may get some now, but yes. Yeah, but then you're left with him being one of your main players. (laughs) True. So is Matt Martin a Toronto main player? Did they protect him? They did. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? There's not, there's still not a lot there to be had. Protect full stop, I suppose. When When you go through the guys that are actually available, you forget how many of their good players are are ineligible. (laughs) Yeah, Toronto's in one of the best spots in the league, so not much there to... I thought Dallas did good. They showed that they protected Steven Johns and Essa Lindell. They're two young defensemen and left guys like Hamuse um, exposed. And uh, I thought that was the right call. And they protected some of their younger forwards. Along with um, Sagan and Spezza and Ben, and, and left Cody Eakin, who had three goals last year. And somehow, Ed, oh my God, I I didn't mean to, I, I don't mean to drag this into an Edmonton thing, but like they by far have the most delusional media. What was said? Oh, how they think that there was talk of. Edmonton leaving Eberle exposed to, because they need to cap dump him, and one of the options is to have work out a deal with Vegas for Cody Eakin. Like Eberle's worst year is only slightly less than Eakin's best year. Like that's just that has, oh, that 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 is the the potential for okay. I'm going to trade Taylor Hall and Jordan Eberle for Adam Larson and Cody Eakin. Just listen to how that sounds. And Milan Lucic, remember? Oh, well, geez. Do we know how that, <laughs> that's how it works, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Right? It's, Isn't that insane? I don't, I don't think Chiarelli's a good general manager. I really don't. I think he will... He's objectively the, terrible. He, he will destroy a couple of years of McDavid before the owners of the Oilers work out shit we've fucked this up. Man, Connor McDavid, I hope he has uh, the the courage to buck the... Like, if he... I'm not saying... I don't want Oiler fans to get mad. I'm not saying he automatically has to, to leave. Or, or, But I think... Like, I hope he has the, the ability to see things big picture. And if 
if these kinds of trades do get consummated that it's like all right you know what i'm gonna be one of the best players of my age bracket maybe of all time because from what i see of him he's pretty special oh i'm not wasting the with with this bullshit not throwing my career away because this idiot doesn't understand how to and, and don't try and tell me the team took massive leaps of improvement because of Adam Larson. You actually had a full year of Connor McDavid, plain and simple. And when he got and slightly Clef shut down... And and Talbot. Yeah, and when he got slightly shut down against Anaheim, you lost. So there's still no depth around him to help him out. It's like Crosby and Malkin won two cups in a row because they had some depth around them. If you, this is not one of those sports where forwards and defensemen, although Eric Carlson does a pretty good job of it, of carrying a team all the way. It just can't be done. He can't do it on his own. Even the best of the best need help. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those things where I don't want to see his awesome years wasted like Sid's were for two completely different reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Sid's concussion. But you're right. I want to see McDavid just rip the league apart. But I also want it. Want him to. You like to see the, the players that are really great get rewarded on a team level too. I don't yeah. see it in Edmonton. I don't see how. All right. Sorry to go on an Edmonton rant. This was supposed to. Well, be we don't Vegas. see it in Edmonton because the time zones suck. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. He's never on U.S. television. All right. <clears throat> Some surprising players that were left to be taken. Dumba? Well, you got Scandella and Dumba. I thought that Minnesota could go four and four. But I understand why they went with the seven forwards. Because you were going to be in a situation of losing Coyle or... Niederreiter or Granlund, and I think it's worth keeping those. They have a strength on defense. They can only take one of them. So, you know what I mean? Rock on a hard place. I mean, this is the, the reason the NHL set this up like this is so that the expansion team, if they so choose to pick it this way, will have a decent team. They're I mean, they got. Suter, Spurgeon, Brodine, Scandella, Dumba. There's your core of five. They can only take one. You still have four. And you have a lot of your uh, impact forwards left over. Uh, Minnesota was in one of the worst um, spots with this. And I think Dumba probably be the guy that, barring a, one of these backdoor trades, I would take Dumba just based on age. 22. I don't think it was surprising that he was left exposed just because the situation they were in. Because if it's not him, then it's Niederreiter, Coyle, or Granlin. And that's, you would say, oh my gosh, I can't believe. They they couldn't. Yeah, you're right. There's no answer for them. You're exactly right. They were screwed at the side of the fence. You're exactly right. So, how about that James Neal, hey? Yeah, it's um, that's an interesting choice. 
I've got no problems with who they did protect, though. No, you got Forsberg, Arvidsson, Yarncroak, and Johansson, obviously. Tough to argue that. Um, Neil, I would take Neil if I were Vegas. He makes $5 million. He's approaching 30 years of age, and he's an unrestricted free agent next year, so you probably don't want to get in on that next contract. I think Neil is just a absorbed cost of doing business to protect Ellis, Ekholm, Yossi, Subban. Oh, that combination you just mentioned then is worth the, the sunken yep. cost of James Neal. Exactly right. Yep, you're exactly right. So, you know, it, it it's not surprising in, if you know the details of how this expansion draft works, but it is a surprising high-caliber name that Vegas can be like, uh, okay, we'll take this guy. It's a, that'll, well, be a good get, that'll be a good get for Vegas. It also saves them losing... It would be silly for Vegas to, to, to not take James Neal. Um, what it does do for Nashville, though, is it does protect some of these other younger guys that they've got on their list that are crossing that line. Do you know what I mean? Of the, well, We can't protect them because their age is wrong or they've played too many games. Like You wouldn't want to lose Colin Wilson. And Neil should, yeah, and Neil should stop that from happening. I guess George McPhee's a wild card. Who knows? He he doesn't have a good track record with Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> That's a low point. Very true. So, Neil is another surprising name. Uh, Bobby Ryan, I've never been a big fan of that contract. I think Ottawa would be doing a, a good thing by getting out from under it, and I like what they did. Try It's a clever way to get out of that contract. Um. Clark MacArthur out there is interesting to me. I um, I would gamble on him staying healthy just because you you got so many of these um, expansion draft picks. I would I would I would take MacArthur over uh, that. Take that's what I to ask. Is that purely a contract thing, or are you doing it also on the fact of what they both provide me on? I think MacArthur is a really good player as well. I know he's 32. The concussion thing is a legit thing. Yeah. But I think risk. given cap space, you can take the... I think Vegas is a team that could take a chance on a guy like him. So you do that over method? Yeah, because yeah. I think there are... Uh, like, if I want Mark Method, I can just take Paul Martin. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's one of those things. I, I bring these up because it's always like, well, yeah, I'd do the same thing. It's, it's what what I found was I wanted like Calvin DeHaan for the Islanders is there, but so is Ryan Strom, and Ryan Strom's kind of a guy that I would gamble on. Yeah, because if I go the defenseman, I ended up taking, and mind you, I wasn't taking into consideration any of the. Um, these trades that could be accomplished. How can you? <laughs> I know, right? Still, people wanted me to, but, you know, can't please everybody. You just make them up as you go. Dude. You know, I had a Paul Martin, a Dan Hamuse, Dumba, Braden McNabb, Colin Miller from Boston, Josh Manson was who I took from Anaheim. Obviously, that's probably not going to happen. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Nate Schmidt, 
and Slater Kokek from Tampa. Slater Cuckoo. You is that what it is? Yeah, it doesn't look like it when you read it. Oh, okay. Like that's functional. Like what is losing out on Mark Mathot really? Is that the the tipping no. point for this defense core? No. I'd rather take a chance on a forward. Well, that's one of the, it's one of those things where what I what I would be or what I'd love to know is how much of this team is built to be a success on the ice, or how much of it is built for the future, and how much of it is built for an exciting and fun product to watch on the ice. I think they can balance both based on the leverage that they have with these trades. Oh, you like your team? Uh, How about you give me that first-round pick and I'll take a a lesser guy? But there's enough out there where I think they can field, I don't know if a playoff team, but they'll be a functional. They're not going to be Arizona, Colorado, Buffalo kind of bad. So you look at it in that context, though. Do you trust this general manager to find those gems in the rough that generally get a bottom feeder team out of that into the middle of the pack? This is a tough situation to peg because it's so unique. I don't know what general manager... Who knows how each general manager would handle... There are so many variables, so I don't envy McPhee at all. Nope. I I legitimately think this either makes or breaks his... probably the the view on his general managing career, I suppose. It has to. Even though his career's uh, long. Yeah. I mean, he was... Fundamentally deemed a failure in in Washington um, because the fact that he couldn't find the pieces to get him over the hump. Um, I think on the cake fault. being the Forsberg thing. Yeah, but that's the thing that's going to haunt him in, in regards to that that franchise. Um, but he could like, erase that with a good showing here. That's exactly right. I mean, if he builds a team that makes the playoffs, that's incredible. If he builds a team that's competitive now. But like you said, still racks up a stack load of, of futures to, to build an actual proper team, then you, you've got to give him a tick for that. It's just, for me, it's such a hard, it's a coin flip. I think um, <laughs> I've seen it tweeted out that the, he has as much as seven trades already made for. Now, that's this is what's going to make or break him. Is he cutthroat with these trades, or is he letting people off the hook? Because well, he's letting the one, Pittsburgh off. Well, is he? I need to see what is going on with the flurry stuff. Because if he's just taking flurry from Pittsburgh, what a missed opportunity! Because Pittsburgh needs, needs, needs to get rid of flurry and his contract. What if you, you know, I would ask for their first round pick. And be like, you know what? Rust and Haglin are fine by us. We'll take Morazic and, um, you know, Neuverth and Anti Ranta, and we'll be fine at goalie. And for me, yeah. the hang up that I've been getting online, this face of the franchise stuff, as if Flurry is like the make or break for this Vegas franchise getting off the ground needing star power. He's a 32 year old goalie, he has a great personality. I don't deny that he'd be a really good fit right off the bat. But when you're trying to build a, a, a team from scratch, I'm not just taking him for free. It's not, those other things aren't worth put, just 
stepping on Pittsburgh's throat with the leverage and being like, I yeah, need more. And, I, I need I need more than this. Even though we're fine with the player, I want more. You're going to give me more, or I'm going to take something else, and I'm going to get the goalie elsewhere because there are plenty of goalie options. Elliot and um, Mason also a part of this equation. They're free agents. What's Pittsburgh going to um, do? What are the, Calgary off the table is a big thing because Calgary apparently really wanted Flurry. Um, I do find it amusing because if there is any club that he would want to stomp on, it should be Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. So you know, it hasn't been reported that there's a deal. I don't want to dismiss that there isn't, though. I. I I would I would make every team bleed. I don't know if that it's this is just like the RFA offer sheets shit though. Well, I don't want to offend them by sending an offer sheet. If, uh, if, if we're in the GM club, we gotta treat everyone with respect, and it's like no, you, you don't. gotta slice their damn throat is what you gotta do. And everybody uh, should understand that it's a business, and I'm trying to make my team better. I notice you who are vulnerable. That's why I went there. And I would think that you'd do the same to me because that's how it should work. Yeah. No, I I agree. And it's like if you get there, look at it. It's like Philly did it to Philly did it with um, Weber. And they got off by not having that go. I think that worked out better for him to be honest. No, no, no. But but they did it. Yeah, it forced Nashville to commit to something that fundamentally really screwed up their their salary structure and probably. Oh no, he was always going to go. You know, it didn't help in regards to trying to resign sooner. So you, you sit there with it, and it's like you can make yourself better by making somebody else worse as well with those offer sheets. And this would be exactly what they would be doing to Pittsburgh. In that, the other option you've got, what I said before the podcast, is just don't take it. Just take somebody else. But yours is yours is even yours is even better for Vegas in the sense that. Not only are you taking an asset from the Penguins, which will suit them quite well in regards to what you can provide them, but take something else as well. Take a first-round draft pick. I would Force, I would present the first-round pick and go from there. Like, at least attempt it. And yeah. a lot of Pittsburgh's fans, I'm not paying a first-round pick to keep Carl Hagelin, and it's, it's not about Hagelin. It's not about Brian Rust. It's about... We got to get rid of this goalie contract. This market sucks. This is our best chance at it. And now the team that we thought he was going to is playing hardball with us. But I don't think they're going to play hardball. I think they got to. I think Vegas is letting is probably going to let them off the hook here. I reckon Vegas will let almost everyone off the hook. I reckon they'll take that exact attitude you were talking about, and I just think that's folly. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, if if he goes cutthroat, the Vegas is going to be in a really great spot, better than any expansion team ever. Yeah, and that'd be great for the league if they went cutthroat, because it, it should theoretically force some of the other GMs to get out of their little slumber of their little boys' club and actually start doing some shit. Not just for this year, but for years down the track. But like the offer sheet stuff you were talking about and, and really trying to, you know, knuckle down on some of these other teams. Yeah, so that that's uh, one of the things that I would track. 
heading into I think tomorrow. So it's there's just so much going, and and so much behind closed doors, which sucks, and not being able to announce trades until the stupid award show. Leave it to the NHL to and, and releasing the exposed lists on Father's Day and delaying it. Like they said, 10 a.m. and then at 9:59, oh, we're gonna wait another half an hour. It's like fuck you. Love the sport, assholes. It's true though. Like they have one of the most unique things of the major sports in North America, and they they're not they've maximizing it. They've they've hidden it away. And it's just silly. So does Nate Schmidt leave Washington while we're sort of bumping around all the team? I took him. Yeah. Oh, it's just so weird. Oh, I, I took him. But Grubauer is a really interesting goalie yeah. prospect. Yeah. Which is something they could do if they didn't, if they, you know, don't take Flurry and take a, a forward. And, Stick it to him. Yep. No, I agree with I agree with that. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where you know everyone keeps saying it's a fait accompli that Fleury's going, but I don't necessarily think that. And if he does, I think. Oh, I think right. he's going. I think he's going. The cost is the cost is going to be. I think they're going to get off free. <sighs> I do. That's so disappointing. Well, I mean, it's good for Pittsburgh, the team I cover, that it will really helps them out a lot. Um, I'm just speaking of it from a Las Vegas standpoint. I don't know how you can not walk away. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Maybe it's Flurry and Scott Wilson or something low key like that. I just think they could hit a little harder than that. We'll see. I feel like we're there's got to be something we're missing with this Vegas stuff. Oh yeah, Bo Bennett will go there. That's what <laughs> we're missing. I actually <laughs> took Camilleri just for goal scoring and because his contract is a non-issue because of um, who That's they nice. are. But yeah. I thought about Bo, great possession guy, bottom six guy though. Just, his offense just well, never uh, took yeah, off. Yeah, and like like you said, you need people that can actually put the puck in the net for this team. I, I don't think there's anything else that we've missed on topic here, which is feels weird. Feels like we're short. It's such a big would, um, yeah thing that's going to be happening, but I think we'd just be beating down the same paths. Yep. All right. It'll be it all it all have, it all comes out tomorrow. So you know, then there's probably going to start being trades between teams. And then we've still got the, the draft two days later. Well, the trades like, with the teams are going to be really exciting because you, you got names like uh, Galchenyuk and Duchesne and a lot of fallout from this, this Vegas draft. It's going to be a really – usually the draft is the fireworks show. Uh, I think it's going to be the second the, the freeze is lifted all the way up to the draft. We'll, we'll see some stuff going down. And that's not even yeah. taking into consideration UFA stuff. Well, this I was, I was just about to bring that up. Do you think you know how you have faced you almost every single one done on July one, two, and three are all overpayments fundamentally. 
I just wonder whether this is really a year you want to be a, a UFA. I think, yeah, the league has done better on July 1 than in the past lately, I think. Less absurd I, I, contracts. But I think that's mainly because you've got the eight-year max. You can't do anything silly. And, and because of the percentage of the salary cap at That helps, but I do think teams are learning. Aging curves a little bit better. Well, you'd hope so. I don't know. There's just so much going on in the next, what is it, 13 days. crazy absolutely crazy good good for content it, it is it's just hard to make sure you get on top of it all uh, i'm trying to think anything else around the league um i guess uh sabers trading for bayou is that how you pronounce it that's near enough i'm not gonna so batteril's first trade for the sabers is picking up an undervalued puck moving defenseman that might not be great but better than what he had for an asset that probably will never make the NHL. It was a third third rounder, wasn't it? Yeah. Gave up. That that is that is something that I have to admit has been lost on me when you look back at particular trades and stuff, and you go, "Why are you giving up a third round draft pick?" But the percentages of that draft pick turning out to be better than the known asset that you're picking up is pretty low. So it's funny. He's one of the three defensemen that they decided to. To, to protect. Well, yeah, they've got one of the worst groups in the league. I know. That, that, that's sort of what I was, sort of the point I was trying to make is that it's like that's how bad they are on their back end. That value doesn't have to be that great to be better than what they have. It's a it's a minor deal. I like it. It makes sense for that team. They have to start somewhere, and why not start there with an asset? And let's be honest, the Sabers have been swimming in draft picks in recent years so that's that's not a big deal they lost a third round pick uh, for vc oh yeah um that's not to say i um, encourage teams to trade all of their three through seven picks because the other strategy to drafting is to load up on them so that you have more lottery balls but they already have a lot of lottery balls so throwing one away for an improvement on an area of weakness um, you know, decent uh, first move as a GM, I thought. Nothing extravagant, just functional. Yep. So. Oh, they can't get rid of Seabrook because of the no movement clause. <laughs> Sorry. What are I'm you reading? I just Brent Seabrook's protected, right? And it's like it has to be. You know, that's that's what I was muttering away is that they can't not protect him because of these no movement clause or whatever clause it is he's got in there and it's like They're not in bad shape is as, as no, much I as I just, thought. They're really not. What do you lose Trevor Van Riemsdyk? Okay. No, no, my, my, whatever. You get there. But for me it was more a matter of removing that contract to create some flexibility for them. It wasn't about but they just signed like, it. <laughs> no, I've we said it at the time it was signed. It was a sweetheart deal for Seabrook for all the years he's done really well for Chicago. But it doesn't help Chicago moving forward. That's all. And then I was just like, well, there's a chance to get it. No, there's no chance to get out from under that contract. 
to, to me, that Seabrook deal feels like the the trade for Weber is that you're going to get some good stuff out of him for the next couple of years. Oh, are you, though? Well, that is the argument against Seabrook, isn't it? That he's already on the decline. I think... I don't think the Blackhawks are getting a lot out of him right now. So that makes that even worse. They swung and missed on one of those core contracts, and that is not where you want to be. At least Pittsburgh, through all their plight during those depth years where they just had crappy depth, Sid Gino and Latang are Sid Gino and Latang. They're they're great players, so um Maybe that's why they are able to reload. Yes, that's you know why they're able to reload. It legitimately looked like Shiro had screwed the pooch with that one and had really screwed it up, but he ain't, he called, he's not yeah, he kinda did, but he did have guys coming in the pipeline that um weren't yeah, ready and, and he yep. couldn't he didn't buy himself enough time to to have he that can't happen. speak that up. No, I I totally appreciate that, that argument with it, but his refusal to pick forwards with his first round pick, I think is what did he mean in that sense, in that he always took a puck moving defenseman with his first pick, and then it was his second and third round picks where these guys came through that are contributing now, and then the, the UFA pickups that he got. But you've got to wait for them to develop into the players they are. The bonus of picking in the first round is that theoretically they're more likely to develop into a player quicker, and he never really gave himself a chance for forwards to create some of that cheap depth that they didn't have in his time as general manager. Yep. So I think our schedule moving forward, I, as a teacher, am going to be I'm fastly approaching my time off. We're going to have some more flexibility with our schedule, I think. Yay! Um, we're definitely going to try and come back sooner than later, right, for all the expansion choices that have been made in the yeah, trade. So. I'm assuming there'll be another one this week. The, the goal is to keep up with all the major happenings of what I think is one of the most interesting times of the NHL year. Sometimes yep. I find it more interesting than the actual hockey. I got to really when you think about everything that goes on. So, well, let's go through all the stuff. With where where can they find the podcast? Well, we can find that thing. Uh, our website, but what I've had to do is we're switching over the RSS feed. So if you're on the RSS feed that you've been on previously, podcast is still going to go into the next couple. You'll see on the web page that there's a new RSS feed. Hook yourself up into that through whatever podcatching device you use, um, and that will solve the problem of you guys not missing any podcasts. Um, but you can catch us on Twitter at hockey underscore hurts. You've got Ryan at at Gunner Stall, me at Walshy66. We're also on Facebook now. Um, and you'll see we're embedding the podcast into everything now, just sending out links and stuff like that. So, um, uh, your platform, we're just trying to find, just trying to make it easier um, storage wise and also listen. Yep. And um, I'll have my penguin stuff at hypos.com. Uh, lots of stuff coming uh, with off season plans as we get through the expansion draft. I already talked uh, about both Horton as an option for Pittsburgh if he if he does indeed hit the market, and uh, there'll be some third line center talk. 
defensive uh, replacement talk, acquiring uh, what I would call Latang insurance, which I think they need to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got to talk about re-signing guys like Justin Schultz and Brian Dumoulin and Connor Sheary and what values they should come with. So uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, thank you for the iTunes ratings. I see that keeps growing. I would continue to encourage everybody. I just had a spare moment to give us that rating. It helps podcast. So that's it. Thank you very much. All right. We will see everybody soon enough. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.